there's a huge shift in the industry about how we manage data and the privacy that we surround that data with. So ensuring that you really have that close connection with your individuals really helps drive that overall retention. Ad fatigue is a real thing nowadays. People, they just, you know, don't react uh, to banners and ads anymore. So this is something we really have to tackle with. And it's not easy as a marketer. I think it really all comes down to really understanding your subscriber base, really understanding who they are. And that is where you can start approaching them uh, in different ways and how you communicate, you know, the copy that you're writing in email, uh, the really, you know, the 160 characters you're sending in SMS. So on this episode, you're going to hear about highly effective retention marketing strategies you can use for Q4 and 2023. It's a recording from a recently concluded Commerce Excel conference. Great episode you do not want to miss, so do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear firsthand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. Welcome, welcome to the 2x e-commerce podcast, and I'm your host, Kunle Campbell, this is a a daily um this what you're listening to is is a daily marathon um so every day um for the next few days till about um saturday you're going to get essentially recordings from my recently concluded commerce excel conference which was um which took place in september we're opening it up now for free this particular episode you we're going to listen to our retention marketing strategies you can use this q4 as well as in 2023 it was um hosted by leslie wong um she's the head of ecosystems marketing at clavio definitely deep insights here she um she on her panel she she had paul ladox who is the principal marketing consultant and ceo at ldx marketing leah lloyd who's group director at life life cycle marketing at tinu itu or tinu iti and daniel budai who's going to be on this podcast who is the co-founder and ceo of budai media terrific expert panel um went deep into email marketing sms marketing just communicating with your customers essentially with your with your base um enjoy this episode and i shall catch you tomorrow 
The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklinen, Non, and Chobbies. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit klaviyo.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com forward slash 2x. Welcome back, everybody, to stage two at the second annual Commerce Excel conference. It's been an amazing day so far. My name is Trevor Cross. I'm the president of Buddy Brands, Compel Commerce, and ScanShop 3D. It's my pleasure to join you back here. I hope that you got some lunch and you're ready to go for some more learning. It's been such a fantastic morning, uh, and we're going to keep delivering value, so stay tuned. Our next conversation is about highly effective retention marketing strategies for Q4 2023 and beyond. This is pretty important. It's probably more important now than ever before. Um, Before we get too far in this, though, let's go ahead and shout out to our Excel uh, conference, our Commerce Excel Conference Platinum Sponsors, um, which is Rich Panel and Octillion Capital Partners. We really appreciate them. Um, in this next conversation, you are going to hear from best-in-class lifecycle campaign management experts and discover exactly how they're growing brands to be survive and thrive in this competitive environment. Um, rising acquisition costs are a problem for everybody, and retention is key. So uh, I also want to give a quick shout out to our gold partners, Hero, uh, Partner Hero and Customer Labs, as well as our copper partners, SimRush, VideoWise, and Farah. So we're moving on to, uh, sorry, content creative strategies for forward quarter four. So I'm actually going to uh, push it over here to the panel. I actually have to jump over to the other stage, so I apologize for there being some uh, confusion here, Um, but just want to go ahead and pass it over to the host. All right. Thanks so much, Trevor. Hey, everybody. It's great to be here. Um, we we are in the session, Highly Effective Retention Marketing Strategies for Q4 in 2023. And I'm really excited to jump in. Uh, my name is Leslie Wong. I am the head of ecosystem marketing at Clavio, a unified customer platform that gives online brands direct ownership of their customer data and interactions that empowers them to turn those transactions with their customers into long-term relationships at scale. Uh, That was a mouthful. In addition to working with partners and customers, um, I also am not only uh, a Clavio team member, but I am a customer too, as I am the founder of Burgundy Fox, an online subscription box and retailer business that was founded in 2017. So I am um, on the side in the trenches, just like y'all operating a brand. Um, and I am going to do an intro, uh, introduce you to the rest of our panel. Very excited. We have three experts here with us today that are going to share more about um, how things have changed in the year and how they're going to change in the future, how to prepare for that, and how to grow your retention strategies. So with us today, I have Paul Ledoux. Paul is the Principal Marketing Consultant and CEO of LDX Marketing, which is a full-stack digital marketing agency for direct-to-consumer e-commerce brands. Paul launched MDX Marketing in 2019 and has since fully managed and executed marketing strategies for over 120 e-commerce brands 
ranging from startups to $6 billion companies. His unique approach to consumer-driven marketing has enabled him to work with some of the biggest brands in e-commerce, such as Newman's Own, Brandless, Deathwish Coffee, uh, Serial One by Harley Davidson, just to name a few. And prior to LDX marketing, he worked at Clavio, where he developed the initial phases of Clavio's onboarding program. Um, he is certainly a savvy and competent marketer. Uh, not only that, he is a force of nature out in the world where he served um, the United States Air Force. So uh, highly, highly skilled person over there. Um, <laughs> welcome, Paul. And then uh, next we have Leah Lloyd, who's the Director of Lifecycle Marketing with Tenuity. Uh, Leah brings over 10 years of lifecycle marketing experience. She's a seasoned business builder with a passion for helping clients take their lifecycle programs to the next level. Um, and Leah spent the last few years leading email strategy for large brands and, and um, leading Tenuity's lifecycle team to bring extensive uh, lifecycle marketing expertise so that their clients can crush their performance goals. Um, Leah is a hardworking results-driven marketing manager and has a track record of uh, driving web-based marketing strategies for these brands to continue growing. All right, and last but not least, uh, we're joined by Daniel Badai, who's the founder of Badai Media, who helps e-commerce companies with retention marketing specifically. Um, his team has worked with over 120 e-commerce companies and counting, generating over 35 million of revenue for these companies. Um, his unique retention marketing strategy combines email, SMS, messenger, loyalty programs, even physical mail. Um, so perfect person to have on this call as we talk about how to grow retention um, through thinking about multiple channels. And when Daniel's not helping e-commerce companies, he enjoys traveling, running, and drinking Americano uh, with a book in a cafe, <laughs> which sounds lovely. Um, so these are our three experts on the call with us today. Um, we are going to talk about retention strategies and some of the things that our uh, panelists may bring up, you might have questions about. So uh, versus holding questions to the very end, we're going to be um, answering them throughout the panel so that we have as engaging and interactive as a time together as possible. And you can get your answers or your questions answered by uh, our experts in real time. So go ahead and, and drop questions in the chat uh, throughout the entire panel. All right. Well, thank you everyone again for being here. And we are just gonna jump right in. So. Again, we're here to talk about effective retention marketing strategies for the remainder of the year and going into 2023. Uh, Trevor touched on this a little bit. Why is this conversation so important today? Well, there are a few things happening in the world and the economy that have created some tough conditions for uh, our e-commerce industry and for marketers. Supply chain crisis, labor shortages, are causing a supply chain crisis all throughout the world. Um, in certain industries, especially, that means that it makes it a lot harder for people to actually, for brands to actually uh, be profitable and to ship products on time um, and to keep up with demand, which has soared after the uh, pandemic and continues to still grow. 
Um, an interesting stat that I came across is, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, producer index, wholesale production costs were up 11.3% as of this past June. So double digits increase in production cost, pretty, pretty staggering. Um, on top of a supply chain crisis due to labor shortages, the e-commerce industry is also facing a record high inflation period. This is forcing brands to drive up pricing. Um, Nielsen IQ Omni Shopper panel data shared that in the beauty category specifically, prices per unit rose 17% over 2021, both in-store and online. So this is really you know, shocking, a 17% increase in prices um, that you know, brands are having to put out there in response to this inflation. Um, price increases alone might not be the worst thing, but there's also data that supports that the same consumers that are buying these products are becoming more picky about the brands they choose to spend their money with. They're hunting for discounts. They're being a lot pickier. Um, and there's another stat that uh, NPD Group uh, published, which says that 8 in 10 consumers do plan to change their shopping behavior due to this inflation. And last but not least, um, one of the market factors that is impacting our industry are the Google and Apple privacy changes, which are causing channels to become more expensive and less productive. We'll definitely get into that in this talk. Um, so thinking about this you know, cost to uh, value equation, it's really everyone in this room's opportunity um, to try to reduce our customer acquisition cost and grow our lifetime value. This is a tall order. Um, marketers need to be more savvy at acquiring and retaining customers in a cost-efficient way, which is why we're here today. Um, so all that being said, I hope I haven't brought down the mood too much here. Um, on the flip side, these headwinds that we're all facing together are really an opportunity to come out stronger than before with even stronger customer relationships. Um, and these three experts are going to tell us how. So to kick that off, I guess with all of the things considered, um, I want to hear from our panelists, what are the biggest external factors that you see driving changes in your client's marketing strategies for Q4? Um, I'll turn it over to Leah. Yeah, thanks so much, Leslie. And what a great introduction, right, to a lot of those headwinds that we're all facing, whether agency side, brand owners ourselves, um, what that actually looks like for us. And I'm sure that Paul and Daniel will be saying a lot of similar things. They're feeling a lot of similar sentiments in the conversations that they're having with their clients today. Um, but just to touch even on iOS to start with, uh, it's continued to have a huge, huge influence on KPIs and adjusting those expectations at not just you know manager levels of companies now, at the executive level. It's really steering us away from some of these things that have been considered for some time vanity metrics. Open rates aren't the same as they used to be. There's a huge amount of inflation there. And with iOS and privacy changes that are related to that, the relationship that we have with our prospects and customers has changed hugely. 
um, there's a huge shift in the industry about how we manage data and the privacy that we surround that data with. So ensuring that you really have that close connection with your individuals really helps drive that overall retention. So thinking about those things, how do you make it very clear to those individuals how you're utilizing that data, how you entrust, you keep up that level of trust with them as well. Um, also looking at some of the halo effects that we're still kind of seeing coming from COVID, which really reset our expectations from a revenue standpoint as well. Um, there's been a lot of continued changes, huge increases, obviously, in e-commerce uh, during 2020. In 2021, we started to see some of those restrictions lift. Brick and mortar started to see a huge shift in spending for the first time in quite some time. But then as we're coming into 2022 here, we're starting to see that trend go back down. Folks are still experiencing, in some instances, some of these supply chain issues, some of the labor shortages that Leslie's mentioning as well. So we're going to start to see a lot of that continue to change um, as we head into holiday for Q4 of this year and then as we head into 2023. You talked a lot about economics uncertainty too, Leslie. I mean, pair that again with challenges in supply chain, which seem to be alleviating in some cases, continuing in others, those escalating costs, changes in the workplace too. Folks are unfortunately right now losing their jobs. The way that people even approach work is changing. We're seeing strikes, quiet quitting take place as well. So those dollars look a lot different in 2022 and will continue to look different going into 2023. Um, one other area too, to talk about is, you know, we kept hearing this word ship again and ship again last year, right? Interestingly enough, a lot of the clients that we work with at Tenuity didn't really see as huge of an impact. Um, I think as we start to see this huge shift in the industry, we're seeing those holiday dates pull forward, right? So really spending is starting in October at this point in time, rather than folks focusing on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, some of those areas. So really though, something for us to consider as we talk about economic uncertainty, labor shortages, is ship again going to be an issue going into this year? Potentially, but how do we combat that, right? By looking at the time frame in which consumers are actually buying relative to all the other industry changes that we're talking about right now. That was a mouthful. And I'm sure, <laughs> Paul, there's a lot that you want to add on to that too. I love that. You mentioned about the, you know, building trust with customers by being really transparent about what you're doing with their data. I think that's like, you know, the, the, a huge change um, in recent recent years, recent year really, that so many companies are focusing on. Um, and then yeah, ship again. And oh my gosh, I do remember last year, you know, it was a it was a really big um, prompt for brands to kind of get prep early, uh, get get those BFCM emails and uh, discounts and things started like in October. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see kind of like how uh, the shipping system goes this year. Um, Paul, what do you think is the biggest external factor that you've seen cause change for brands um, this quarter? Yeah, Leslie, thank you. And, and Leah, you brought up so many, you know, different points that are so, you know, valuable for, you know, the rest of 2020, you know, 2022 into 2023. And I think one of those is uh, the shipping issues and ultimately, you know, product issues as well that our clients are facing. Um, clients are, you know, waiting for product internally that they can't just get out quick enough. And with that, as we have this increase in costs uh, and, and decrease of labor, 
uh, some of our clients have actually increased their cost of their products uh, by, you know, 50 cents to a dollar. And so how do you talk to your customers about building that trust and saying, hey, we just want to be transparent. We had to increase costs because of X, Y, and Z. And these are the reasons why we had to do that. We're still providing the same value for you. And so ultimately looking at that value that our clients are providing, if they had to increase cost is that value is still the same. Those products are still the same, but really what can we leverage based on the data that you talked about, Leah? Um, what can we leverage uh, from our cons- from a consumer standpoint to utilize that data even, even, even better? And so we kind of talk a lot about uh, the want versus the need um, in marketing and in that entire ecosystem. And so when we look at that, really uh, that opportunity to provide a solution for your customers, um, provide that solution and what your product is actually going to solve for that customer versus uh, talking at them to just sell that product uh, by no means uh, necessary for, for the consumer themselves. And so I think going into, you know, the Black Friday, Cyber Monday in this you know latter point of 2022 and into 2023, I think it's really va- you know, valuable for our, our clients and for businesses to start talking more about um, their product and how it's really providing a solution for their customers and their base. And then ultimately what that solution is going to uh, do moving forward, you know, especially when we look at, you know, uh, you know, second time purchasers and repurchasers, how do you continue providing that value um, with a biotol market? And so um, I think these are all great points that we can really kind of dig into. And, you know, Daniel, I know you, you see a lot of this as well. And so, you know, um, you can definitely expand on, on, on all of this. Yeah, so uh, thank you, everyone. And you came up with great points and it's not easy to add even more, but I will try my best here. So, um, yeah, I think all of you mentioned the iOS changes and uh, I don't want to talk about it more. I think that was a huge change recently. Um, I know even big brands who had to completely change their ad platforms, what they use and how they um acquire new traffic and I know it was a very hard uh, transition for many businesses and uh, the other thing is uh, fulfillment and shipping prices um, also inflation I personally I think we have an economic recession um, and I can see how this affects the market I can see our clients how they are affected most of them they are affected so I think the purchase power is lower than it was one or two years ago. I'm really curious how this will evolve in the next few months. Hopefully it will get better. And uh, also at the same time, we can see that new advertising channels such as TikTok, it becomes even more and more relevant and it really challenges Facebook and Google. And that's another thing that, you know, we, we cannot really affect that. We can uh, just adapt and, uh, and see what happens. But I think retention marketing is something that can be, you know, we can really rely on that. And that can be a solid uh, base of any e-commerce business. And uh, also I want to mention one more thing, which is uh, the customers. So the customers are more savvier than ever. And especially the younger generation, if you ask millennials or Gen Z, if I ask any of my friends or or business partners almost all of them they use ad blockers nowadays and uh, also ad fatigue is a real thing nowadays people 
they just you know don't react uh, to banners and ads anymore so this is something we really have to tackle with and it's not easy as a marketer um there is a phrase marketers ruin everything i don't think it should be like that so yeah i think we can we can work on that and and provide a more personalized and enjoyable experience to the customers this yeah. would be the main point yeah absolutely and actually um to kind of so you all mentioned you know various things and i think we can focus in on on those a bit because i know that these are um problems that I think plague every marketer, especially right now. And I think the, the biggest overarching one that um, is like that we're looking at at the forefront is the iOS changes um, that, you know, have you know, started and just continue, continue rolling. Um, what, Leah, want to get your thoughts on um, the iOS changes and like, what are some really, what are some fundamental ways that you're seeing brands actually like change what they're doing um, either from like, a uh the channels they're using whether they're like scaling down um on advertising uh, as a channel because of the uh, lack of data that you get from ios or um you know any tactics to kind of get around that and and get to the source of customer data with ios changes in place yeah, great question. And it, it's really interesting because I think when we initially heard about this, right, there was a lot of fear about things like um, the iMessage or iCloud accounts, right, private relay, all of these different things that were taking place that we were losing. But as retention marketers, one of the things that I kept telling our team and our clients to focus on is mobile number and email address are going to continue to rise in value over and over again, right? Especially as we're losing the ability to listen in some of these other areas, people are asking apps to not track them anymore, the things that they're going to be doing. So what we're really focusing on at Tenuity is how do we grow the relationship between ourselves and prospects and customers, right? How do we increase the amount of zero party and first party data that we have available to them through forms of consent, right? So looking at some of those areas where we've even done email campaigns, right? Where we can have a short survey in there actually saying like, hey, of these like five products, what are you actually looking for? Tracking the clicks that come through that in order for us to educate ourselves on, hey, are they looking for these particular products are they shopping for a specific gender? We're doing those areas like in email, on site, through surveys as well in order to grow that. So really, really increasing. And you said this, Leslie, like at the top of the conversation too, making sure that we inform individuals to not be creepy and big brothery, right? <laughs> and make sure that they're aware of the fact that we're asking for this through preference centers, again, like encouraging them and leveraging tools like loyalty programs, right? To incentivize individuals to even give us that information. So not necessarily looking at just, you know, iOS changes in the silo of like KPI impacts, but looking that, as you said, as an opportunity. Our opportunity here, especially as retention marketers is to grow that relationship with individuals by increasing the amount of zero party and first party data that we're collecting and giving a little back in return, right? Especially if we're looking at that longer term value that we want to drive, drive that loyalty via loyalty program where you're incentivizing them to give you that data to use later on. Um, using that information will also help 
inform individuals on how you can leverage that in your audiences that you're using for paid media longer term as well. So again, the rise of what we're seeing for the value of an email address and a mobile number is going to continue to increase even in the advent of the privacy changes that we're seeing start with Apple and we will continue to see across all other vendors as well. I love that. Um, it really does kind of turn turn the model, I'd say, like since 2010, like on its head a little bit. So it's really more about like the consumer always, you know, has has had this strong um, buying power. But I think it's also like now that that data data is a is a source of power for them, too, that they feel like they're kind of claiming, you know, claiming back Um and, you know, it puts the onus on brands to really like get to know them. So I love that, like just doubling down on zero party data collection um, for the purposes of like really getting to know your customer, uh, which it makes me think about, Paul, you mentioned earlier in your answer, like, you know, we're it's, it's a competitive environment. Um, how do you differentiate yourself and go from being just like a, a want brand to a need brand? Um and you talked a little bit about like customer education, you know, making selling through value. Can you talk more about that and like how you're seeing brands um, make that like want to need shift uh, this like this year? Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. The subscription market is predicted to grow to nearly 500 billion by 2025. As a fast-growing area in commerce, subscriptions hold tremendous opportunities to build a community of customers who share your values. Recharge is the leading subscription management solution helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale subscription offerings. Recharge powers the growth of over 15,000 subscription merchants and their communities, turning one-time transactions into long-term customer relationships. Whether you're a direct-to-consumer business or an omni-channel brand, subscriptions strengthen the brand relationships with your customers and make it easy for customers to make repeat purchases. With subscriptions, merchants are able to experience predictable revenue, increased customer loyalty, and higher average order values. Turn transactions into relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Get started today with subscription payment solution trusted by over 50 million subscribers worldwide by heading over to rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. That is rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. Did you know that loyal customers are nine times more likely to convert compared to a first-time shopper? That's why exceptional customer service is so important for your retention and growth. I recommend using Gorgeous, the leading help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce merchants. Gorgeous combines all your communication channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform. This saves your team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It also integrates seamlessly with your existing tech stack so you can access customer information and even edit, return, refund, or create an order right from your help desk. To learn more, go to gorgeous.com. That's G-O-R 
G-I-A-S.com and mention 2X e-commerce podcast for two months free. That is gorgeous.com for two months free. Just mention 2X e-commerce. Yeah, definitely. And I think Lee, you brought up a good point. You know, looking at uh, the iOS changes, I think the biggest thing is that it allows us as retention marketers to overcome, adapt, and adjust to what we're doing moving forward. I don't think it's an end to really uh, uh, being able to collect data from those iOS users and, you know, utilize more of just email and SMS, but ultimately understanding your consumer. How can you launch, uh, you know, intuitive ways to capture more data from your, your consumer? Why are they shopping from you? What they're shopping for? Why they were brought to your brand specifically? Was it from an ad? Was it from a referral from a, a previous purchaser or just word of mouth that they just, you know, heard of your brand and ultimately looking at ways to, you know, educate these, these new leads, you know, when you're acquiring a new lead uh, onto your, you know, brands and into your email campaigns and SMS campaigns, um, how can you educate them? And the best thing to do is educate them based, uh, on, on your best sellers, on your top sellers. And then ultimately through your welcome series, start you know implementing more of those products that they can buy together, those bundles, and talk about the ways that product A can, can work with product B and how they can really be uh, in tune with one another to give you better results. Uh, a perfect example is we work with a client now who um, has uh, has socks that really promote um, uh, you know blood flow and really promote healing in your feet. And then ultimately, they also have multiple other products that do this as well for on the go or when you're doing other activities such as yoga. And so being able to educate these consumers on, hey, you know, not only can you have these low socks or no-show socks, but ultimately we really recommend, you know, the ball that really can be utilized on the go or can be utilized in a different way um, that will help circulation in your feet and, and help you better your fitness, your lifestyle, the pain that you may be having. And so how can we kind of communicate the, the need for, the, for product A, the sock, uh, to really cross-sell and upsell product B? Well, it's all about first us understanding the product, understanding why the CEO, uh, really their why of creating the brands, creating the product. And the more we understand as, as the agency managing this for them, the better their uh, buyers are going to, you know, uh, not only just purchase once, but come back more than one or two times. And then also kind of they're going to be those marketers for you and say, you know, to their friends and family, hey, this is what I was feeling this is the product that enabled me to have some relief. I really think it's going to be beneficial for you as well. And so what I mean by, you know, talking about, you know, that need versus just that want is exactly that. How can we continue that education in the product journey? Um, but really it all comes down to uh, the why of the company, the CEO and the, and the agency understanding the brand and implementing this all in a, a holistic strategy. That's really interesting, tapping into the why um, and educating early. Like it's never too late to start educating them about the benefits of products and bundling, which in itself is a retention strategy. So I love that. Um, kind of along the lines of like, you know, um, there are uh, sort of barriers to like getting to know your customers the old way. It's so like we reinvent new ways to get to know our customers better. Um, Daniel, you mentioned about ad blockers and um, I'm curious kind of how are you navigating or how are you seeing brands successfully navigate around things like that so that uh, we're sure to get the right message 
to that customer um, using a channel channel where you can actually access them. Sure. So I'm less into ads. I'm more into retention marketing. But I think that's why the importance of retention marketing, you know, it's been growing and growing. And uh, <clears throat> also, I think uh, first party and zero party data, it really enables us to have uh, two-sided conversations with uh, with our audience. We can use this data to customize, to personalize the experience to our audience, but also it, ena it enables us to have a two-sided conversation. So a loyalty program is one example, quizzes are one example, but um, also with SMS marketing tools, you can ask your uh, customers to send you keywords and then you can send uh, them back uh, certain messages which are all customized. And uh, actually, we have uh, e-commerce partners where uh, they use this data for live events. And for example, they um, come up with gift ideas which are personalized based on the data what they have about the customers. And uh, I'm also really excited to see the customer data platforms. I think uh, this trend will be you know, growing bigger and bigger. Uh, for example, Clavio is coming up with the round two, but there are many, <clears throat> there are many others on the market. And I think uh, these tools will be, and they are already in, in many businesses, they are already in the center of the business and they can use this data to personalize the, um, the experience, not just in retention marketing, but, uh, but everywhere where there are touch points with the customers. And there is one more thing, which is uh, I, don't, I, I don't think it's very advanced, but still I can see many brands not following this principle, which is segmentation. So I, can, I, I cannot repeat this enough times. I can, uh, I can still see too many accounts, too many companies not segmenting their lists. And I think that's something that everyone should do. And I cannot repeat this enough times to everyone. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I think we've probably all been on the receiving end of things like, um, you know, through the SMS channel in particular, which all of you mentioned, um, just where you're like, you know, sell, getting sold a product, being marketed a product that you've already bought or, um, you know, immediately after you purchase something or sold something else. Um, so, yeah, that's absolutely true. It's it's just like having a conversation with someone and them not listening is kind of like, you know, yeah, the lack of segmentation. So definitely see that. And and folks, if anyone has questions, Jeff, jump in, throw them into the chat. Just want to uh, make a reminder on that so that you can get, you know, your your uh, burning questions answered in real time. Um, I think one of the major themes that I heard from there um, was uh, in response to a lot of these things happening is that we're one shifting into getting to know our customers better through zero party data, asking questions, telling them why we're asking them those questions, um, and then taking those and creating like more personalized experiences through them. Um, another thing I heard is like multi-channel. Multi so Leah, you mentioned the impact of not only an email address, but the mobile number too. Um, and then Daniel, you'd mentioned uh, uh, loyalty programs as well as another channel that you can communicate um, through loyalty programs, um, quizzes. These are kinds of like multiple touch points that can drive more efficient um, and high converting marketing. A um, couple of interesting points. I, I just heard yesterday that um, 
brands that see, so by adding another channel, for example, adding SMS onto email, um, it not only drives revenue through SMS, but it also actually drives total overall um, production from like from the other channel, from email. So, you know, as an example, um, brands who brands who add SMS to email actually see a 10% increase in email attributed revenue. So it all kind of shows that like adding one plus one can equal six um, and make the other, you know, another uh, channel even more effective. Um, this is a lot easier, I think, said than done to create like a multi-channel integrated strategy. And um, I'm curious, what what does a marketer need to know to do this right, to integrate several marketing channels and do it well? Paul, what do you think? I think it really all comes down to really understanding your subscriber base, really understanding who they are. And that is where you can start approaching them uh, in different ways and how you communicate, you know, the copy that you're writing in email, uh, the really, you know, the 160 characters you're sending in SMS. And so being able to one, first understand your customer and your consumer base and understand, you know, I think, you know, I, I talk about this is understanding the why uh, of the business. Why did they start the business? Why did they create the brand, right? Why did they really create the products uh, to push it, you know, push that solution over to their customers. And so understanding, you know, the data from your, your customers, understanding the why inside the business will be able to, you know, us as the agencies, you know, write the copy, build the, build the, you know, the relevant information that we get from this into those emails and then better supply, you know, really a, a kind of what Daniel said is take this information, segment it out, you know, appropriately to the users um, and I think, you know, Daniel Wright, segmentation is absolutely key. You know, that is what we're doing with all of this data that we are actually getting into. You know, for us on our side, we use Klaviyo. Um, and so when we use Klaviyo, everything is coming into Klaviyo and we are then segmenting it out uh, and using our kind of the, the center of our nucleus and, and pushing it out, you know, into the arms of uh, our consumers. And so I think one, understanding both of those and then the, the third is how do we take that information that we know and then implement the tech that's going to drive the most ROI. And so, you know, implementing SMS, if you don't have that after that, implementing a loyalty rewards and referral and affiliate programs, if you don't have those, you know, how can we take those rewards and really reward those customers um, for actions that they do, whether it's purchasing, whether it's following on social uh, whether it's referring, um, even for those individuals that haven't made a purchase, maybe they know someone that they want to refer that brand to. Um, and so they'll get rewards for doing that because now they became the marketer for you without you even knowing. Um, and then, you know, how do you have other marketers out there that are doing this for you on social? You know, it's about building that affiliate program and implementing that high impact um, for, for the social communities and being able to expand your brand. And so it all comes down to, you know, that third piece is having a team that understands how these techs work together to implement all of the information uh, that you collected and that data from your consumers. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I that's um, totally right. Just kind of, it sounds like you mentioned center of the nucleus, kind of like building on data points so that you have, you know, all that data to put in one place. Um, absolutely. Leah, what are your thoughts on what do you think a marketer needs to know to do the SMS, like, you know, to do multi-channel SMS plus email or any other channels on top of that, right? 
Yeah, definitely. And Paul, you're totally right. Like knowing your consumer, knowing who it is that you're actually marketing to is so important, right? And for us, it's really looking at the right message and the right channel in the right time, right? Mm -hmm. I, I keep going back to this concept of consent and really continuing to drive that, that level of trust that we have with individuals. SMS is a great tool, that sense of urgency that it has, right? It's pinging above all else along with your text messages, with your friends. You're always going to look at it first. I had to turn my phone over just because I could already see <laughs> my phone screen lighting up in the corner, grabbing my attention with that. Um, and, and because it is so timely, because it is intimate, we don't want to oversend as marketers, right? We want to make sure that we're not going to see this huge increase of opt-outs because we're using it for things that are maybe a little less transactionally focused, not as intelligently on the marketing side of things, right? Nobody wants to get a text message from a brand every single day of a flash sale, you know, over an entire weekend and get another flash sale the next week. So thinking about, again, that right channel for the right message email maybe is a better channel to utilize for that. For those of you that might have apps, we do mobile lifecycle here at Tenuity and we look at pretty frequently in-app and push messaging as well. You've got your largest app audience there. You can use deep linking to really send them into the parts of the app that you want your users to be interacting with to create that most frictionless experience possible, right? That's another term I think everybody needs to make sure that they're walking away with today is this idea of creating a frictionless experience for those consumers to get them on that path, Paul, like you're mentioning that journey that we want them to take to hit that conversion point at the end of it. Um, you also mentioned Paul Clavio, marketing automation, right? It's such an important piece here. These marketing automation tools, ESPs, um, the platforms in general, are getting much smarter. You can start looking at your tax stack for vendor consolidation, right? Clavio offers things outside of just email for those of you that aren't familiar or haven't heard about the platform in some time, right? They have SMS as well and MMS built in along with some other areas. And, and really looking at that tax stack so you can help manage what that customer journey actually looks like. So you're not oversending and oversaturating your messages across those channels too. Um, there are some tools coming out there that is even using AI to help leverage like, hey, Leah, she opens every single SMS message she gets from the brand. She hasn't opened an email in six months. Maybe we need to channel that message through that instead of sending it in an email because it won't have that level of effect efficacy that we would expect to see. So really making sure, again, that you're you're really using the right channel for the right message at the right time to create and drive that one-to-one -one personalized experience that we would like to see. And at the end of it, Paul, you also mentioned this too, loyalty, right? That's another thing I just want to keep driving home with everybody listening there today. Again, just really making sure that you're really, really driving that reward within the relationship to strengthen the bond that you have with your prospects and your customers. Giving that incentive to push them into the next tier really helps drive that value that customers are going to feel to boost that LTV that we're really looking for as marketers with a lot of these changes that Leslie mentioned at the top of the call. That's really interesting. Thinking about... Um just thinking actually what you mentioned around like reviewing your tech stack. Um, there was an interesting stat by McKinsey that brands are actually um, intentionally uh, 
increasing their spend on tech products for e-commerce for that reason. Like they're trying to consolidate, they're, they're being mindful about, um, wanting to be mindful about taking all of those data points and putting them into a place that can either be like driven by AI or personalized at scale so that they can talk to customers at the right time, um, go from channel to channel and say exactly like, if this person's not opening on SMS, let's stop sending them SMS and let's try email. Um, or if they keep opening SMS and shopping, let's do more of that, which sounds like me <laughs> personally. Um, I'm curious, like with that kind of, you know, thinking in mind, um, how, how should brands think about taking a new approach uh, to like uh, their tech stack so that they can increase customer retention? Um, Daniel, I feel like you might be a good person to answer this question. Um, you mentioned earlier several different types of channels that you can incorporate. What do you think? Yeah, so I love that you all mentioned loyalty programs, email marketing, SMS marketing. However, I'd like to put some lights on other maybe more exotic channels, let's say. So we tried all of these with our uh, e-commerce clients and uh, one of them is push notifications. I highly recommend this one. It's very underutilized. Of course, you should uh, take care of the customer experience, just like with SMS, it's quite intrusive. And uh, you should make sure that it's not too annoying. It's not about the flash sale and it uh, gives value to your, uh, to your audience. So push notifications. And um, I, can, I could see several examples where we set up the push notifications, the automations, and they generated substantial revenue for multiple months without even touching them. So it's a very low effort channel, I would say. So automations, um, everyone can start out with those. And then um, postcards and physical mail. It's very interesting that now we are in the online world and you know we are online marketers, but actually you can start sending postcards and uh, physical mails um, before holidays. And uh, of course the cost is, is higher than with email marketing or SMS marketing, but you can try it with your uh, VIP customers and you will get surprisingly great results during holidays. So you can try it for Christmas or Black Friday we tried it for Valentine's Day for a gifting brand, and uh, you can get surprisingly great results. So there are providers for that. Uh, you can Google it. And um, I think these are those two channels that everyone can try. And uh, it's very likely that you will get good results with these two. That's interesting. When you when you try those approaches, um, how did you think about segmenting the audience? Like, were, were, you, were you basing it off of previous behaviors or like, What's, what is a tip to try to, you know, uh, give yourself the best chances at success with something like direct mail? Yeah, so direct mail is probably the most expensive one from all of these channels, retention mm -hmm. channels. And mm -hmm. that's why I would recommend that you should focus on your VIP customers mm -hmm. because uh, you want to have a good ROI and probably you shouldn't run a winback campaign with a physical mail. So start, mm -hmm. with, your, start with your VIP and probably a few hundred letters, not more, and then see how it goes. And also these tools, they usually integrate with uh, Shopify, Klaviyo, so you can actually pull out the information, the segmenting information from these tools, and you mm -hmm. can segment your list and uh, send them physical mails. 
That's perfect. Yep. More, more power to segmentation and more reason why we should be segmenting. Um, well, I know, you know, to kind of get down to some of the like real, you know, if we were walking away from this um, panel today and you want to tell brands one thing that they need to do to drive uh, retention in Q4 or to set themselves up well for 2023 to uh, get those new customers to keep buying, what would that be? I'll start with Daniel. Yeah, so my number one tip would be that you should prepare for Black Friday and Q4 mm -hmm. as early as you can. So you, you, should, you should start it in August, September, not in October, November. Make sure you start building your uh, list, your early bird list. You build anticipation that you can monetize later. Because I think every year the whole Q4 and holiday craziness starts earlier and earlier. I know companies having uh, Black Week, Black Month, and I think it's better to starting building the anticipation in September, October, and then run a very strong uh, promotion for one or two weeks, but not more when is, when is the time for that. That's a good tip. Get started early. Leah, what do you think? You know, uh, we talked a lot about economic uncertainty earlier in the call. One of the things that we're talking with a lot of clients about now is how we leverage buy now, pay later, right? There's a lot, a lot of opportunity there. Klarna, Afterpay, Affirm, all competitors of one another, but gives us all an opportunity to allow individuals that want to be able to gift during the holiday season, but then also utilize maybe structured dollars a little bit a little bit further, given what they're seeing within the economy right now. So something else to kind of look into to augment your approach, whether that's through, you know, banners within email, reminder in your series, a little message here or there is a great opportunity to make sure that you're driving home some of those incremental sales this year. That's a great tip. Um, Paul, what do you think? What's, what's the one thing that people should walk away with to be successful retaining customers? Yeah, I think Daniel, you know, you put it really well. Start now. There's no use in, you know, there's uh, no a negative in starting early. And and ultimately, don't stop marketing to those purchasers who purchase during Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Hit them with a, another deal, you know, after their shipment's gone out, they've delivered it five days later. Hit them with another offer, you know, to get that second purchase, that third purchase. Incentivize them, you know, to purchase bundles, uh, include a free product, uh, uh, you know, kind of show the value of your business, uh, you know, pushing that forward. And, and ultimately, you know, start start just, uh, you know, pushing those forward all the way through the holidays into the new year. And, you know, as Daniel and Leo both said, you know, uh, start building that list early, start building that hype early and uh, continue pushing through the rest of the year. Amazing. All right. Well, this was really great. I myself as a brand operator learned a ton and now I feel like I'm behind. Um, but I think to wrap up our panel, just to summarize for everyone, um, start now. Uh, it's not too late. Get to know your customers. That is like my most favorite takeaways. Really get to know them through zero party data, quizzes, asking questions, and then segment that data. Um, and use an integrated approach that can pay off in spades. Um, if you're using that smartly and putting the data in one place, 
sounds like email and SMS are a really big bet. So if you have not looked into um, either of those channels and those channels together, that is, you know, another takeaway. Um, and then I love that, like, once the holidays are over, it doesn't mean you stop marketing. Everyone mentioned loyalty and rewards um, and affiliate programs. So those are big opportunities um, to really grow that LTV from a customer once you acquire them. So I want to thank Leah, Paul, and Daniel today um, for sharing these uh, knowledge bombs about, um, about retention marketing. And thank you, everyone, uh, for joining us at Commerce Excel. And I wish all of you a really successful e-commerce holiday season. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.